the Bible say, and our Lord pray, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the will of God every time before the throne? It's going to happen in heaven, Amen. but we need to see it happen in earth. And it's such a joy to see them enjoying their mother tongue orally with the Bible. They say, oh, wow, yes, I never heard that before. We never have this before. This is so powerful. And everybody is excited and getting wanted to get involved. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Paul Dantumda. He is a leader in YWAM's Global Eldership Council. He is also a leader for YWAM's work in Nigeria. Paul, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here. It is our pleasure to have you. For those of you who are longtime listeners, uh, we had Paul once before on VOM Radio along with Paul Childers. So we had Paul and Paul that particular day. Paul, it's interesting knowing a little bit about your story. Your mom was a persecuted Christian. Your, your mom paid a price for following Jesus. Maybe tell us a little bit about her story, and that's obviously that's part of your DNA. That's part of your Christian heritage. Yes. My father was a missionary that was sent to plant churches in Togo. As he entered to Togo to plant the first church, he was having a crusade, and he was preaching for salvation. And my mom was in the, in the, in the crowd, and when my dad made the altar call, she was one of the first that came out wow. publicly to give her life to Jesus. And her father was the imam in the northern part of Togo and the city called Mango. And when she came out in public to confess Jesus, the Muslim was offended. I'm sure. And they was wanting now to kill her. Then they realized that it was the daughter of the imam of the mosque. And my grandfather at that time, uh, that means the father of my mom, said, I want to have the honor to kill her myself. Wow. As she was going home and she arrived home, he, he took the spear to kill her. As she threw the spear to her, the spear, she dodged and the spear just went into the wall and she realized her life was in danger. She started running and went and hid in the church and was sleeping in the bench of the church and de- refused to deny Jesus. And it ended up that she was speaking more than five languages. And, <laughs> and she became the translator for my dad. And she was translating, and they ended up getting married. She married a preacher. <laughs> and uh, the, now my dad was preaching, and she was interpreting. My dad was preaching, she was interpreting. And when she was pregnant of me, I, my dad was preaching. They rushed to kill them, and they started to beat my dad into coma. And my mom was vomiting blood and 
and they rush her to the hospital. They try to step in the stomach, try to kill the baby and all this stuff. And and when she went to hospital, it was bleeding and everything. Is there she gave birth, and it's how I was born. Wow. And with some scar in my back. So you still bear the scars of that persecution, in your back. literally from before you were born. Yes. How does that affect your ministry today? I mean, I would think you just have a sense of, from the very beginning, God has had his hand on you and protected you. Amen. Does that give you a, a sense of passion and a sense of courage that, hey, God's been protecting me my whole life. I can, I can go anywhere. Amen. God's been really protecting me in my own life. And my dad gave me name Paul because he wanted <laughs> me to be like Apostle Paul. Uh-huh. And my mom gave me a, our traditional name that means God is your protector. And this is my name because <laughs> I was born out of pain. And he said, God protected you. And he gave me, she gave me that name. God is your protector. Is the one that protects you. Your protection comes from God. Then I went to Nigeria to start the Wawam ministry, the first base. I pioneered the first base of Wawam in Nigeria. And today we have more than 27 bases, wow. campuses. And then start working in the persecuted church because I come from that. Uh-huh. This is my heritage. One of the things that you're involved in in Nigeria, and I know there's a lot, is the Women of Honor. Yeah. We had Susie Childers here just a few weeks ago. She talked about being there. She talked about the all-night prayer service that she woke up to find out was happening and and just the healing that's going on there. Talk a little bit about Women of Honor, how it started, and, and what the purpose of it is. Uh, it started when we started involved and tried to reach out to the persecuted church in the northern part of Nigeria. We went there, we rebuilt some of the churches that was destroyed. We rebuilt some of the schools that girls was being kidnapped and all this, and, uh, and seeing them restored. And we started reaching out to some that was persecuted. Then suddenly we start seeing the woman that lost their husband because of persecution. Their husband has been beheaded and all this. We start gathering a meeting. And the first meeting is, was to do a Christmas for them because they don't have that opportunity like all of us that love to enjoy Christmas. They didn't have that opportunity. We gathered 2,000 of them and we did a Christmas. And when we did a Christmas for them, Suddenly, we feel that God wants us to minister to them. We start washing their feet and anointing them with oil, and we bring rings, and we start giving them rings and say, your husband is no more, but Jesus is your husband. Wow. As we was ministering to them with the trauma healing and all this, which changes that start happening. And we did it for one week, two weeks. Then we realized they need more than that, mm-hmm. one week or two weeks. And we also realized that if they stay in their environment for training, the trauma is still around them mm-hmm. and the fear is still around them. They will not be totally free and open for it. It's why we take them to a city called Portacot in the River State where they will go to six-month training and there they have a time to receive the healing, receive transformation, receive proper discipleship, receive, become strong in their faith to be able to minister to others. 
Another way was more multiplication. And we started training them uh, sewing, tying the, making soap and all this. But we realized that some of them was needing more than that. And we started training them to become school teachers. And we started a school for the orphans because they come with their children, orphans. Mm -hmm. We have, like now, we have 70 orphans with us. And then we start the school, and you see it restored dignity. And one of the things is they spent a time, many times at the cross, crying before the Lord and receiving their healing and their deliverance. You know, yes, the trauma healing teaching is good, but also you have to be willing to allow Jesus to minister to you. And some of them that have spiritual challenges, they receive prayer. And God was able to heal them and restore them back. And for the children, some of the children see the mother being beheaded, the father being beheaded, the mother being raped. And those children, I remember one, there was one of the child, she was crying all the time, being like naughty. She didn't want to, to have to, doesn't want to go to school and all this. And the mother had to sit down until he get used to the school. And then one person almost reacted, and the mother said, don't. And the mother starts telling the story. The father was beheaded in front of him, and I was raped. They raped me in front of him. And wow. he, the child was always afraid that they would take the mother away from him. This is why he was all, all the time stick to the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. How do you help a child in that situation process that trauma or work through that? Or or is it just a matter of, of waiting for the Holy Spirit to, to heal that? The prayer is the first thing, and showing him the ways of God is very good because knowing that it's only God that can heal, is only God that can make you to forgive because God, Jesus, forgive us even that we sin against him. Mm -hmm. And when they start understanding the forgiveness process, and start, this is the beginning of healing, and they start going to the cross by themselves to cry before the Lord and receive that healing. We have to teach the people how to go to the cross because when they start realizing that it's God that can save them, and they have to be willing also to lay down their burden at the cross, then this is the beginning of true counseling. Amen. And after that, you can come with the technique that can help and also make them be secure and confident that the place they are is not dangerous. Right. It's why it's good to take them out from where they are, providing a secure place where they can receive the healing and process their pain. And also the teachers, they know their pain. Right. They know to help, they how to help them yep. to process. Yeah, that's it. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Paul Dentumda. Uh, he is a YWAM worker from Nigeria. Paul, let's talk a little bit about Lauren Cunningham. I know Lauren just went to heaven. You guys have been in the process of, of celebrating his life and, and taking the next steps as YWAM leaders. What does Lauren's ministry mean to you, or or how did Lauren affect you? I don't call him Lauren. I call him Papa Lauren because he's a father to me. And Papa Lauren has been such a wonderful example 
that taught us how to live well in relationship with Jesus and how to die well with God. He was in his bed, still having his last vision to see every mother tongue have the Bible. And if we want to impact the world, we have to see the word of God orally in their mother tongue. The Bible says in our Lord's prayer that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the will of God that is in heaven that is not on earth? It takes us back to the book of Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Every tongue before the throne. It's going to happen in heaven. Amen. But we need to see it happen in earth. And I know you have taken that vision from Lauren yes. in Nigeria and, and run with it 100 miles an hour. Yes. Talk, talk a little bit about the process of, of what that looks like to go from zero scripture in a language to now having people have the ability to listen to God's word, as you say, in their mother tongue, in the tongue their mother spoke to them, in the tongue they heard around their dinner table growing up. What is the process to get from zero to having them have that ability. It's community-based translation. I go to the chief. I say to the chief, do you have anything written in your mother tongue? The chief say, no, at all. I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I already uh, knew the answer to that one. <laughs> yes, but I just provoke him to uh-huh, think. Right. And he say, no. Do you have anything oral thing? No. And I say to the chief, don't you want to have your mother tongue being preserved for the future? I say, oh, yes. Because all the young people, they go to town, they go to, mm-hmm. to travel, and they lose the language, and the language is busy disappearing. And then I say, what a wonderful thing if we can do, put it into the Bible and the Word of God being the one that preserved that mother the king said, oh, yes, I didn't think about that. Yes, I'm happy. I'm go- I want that. Then I say to him, do you know anybody in your tribe, in your mother tongue, that know the language very well? And I say, I, want, I need three of them. And he bring me the three. And I took them to our campus. What I did is I decided to just section it not losing the content and right. the context. And then after that, the Wawama will be the servant, the one serving. And he will study the chapter the day before the translation, before they go to studio. The people themselves will study this the same chapter, one chapter, the day before go to studio. And they will compare with different versions. They will look at New King James, American Standard Version, Reverse Standard Version, and then they will look at other translations and other languages that have been translated. They will do the comparison and come, come up with the best because mm-hmm. we want the best and right. the quality. And then one of them, as we section it, they will read it in, in English and the section without losing the context because they already studied, they know the context, they, they know the paraphrase, they know all this stuff before. And after he finished reading it, uh, the, uh, reading the order will translate, are they going, and we tape everything. Mm-hmm. And we go it many times to make sure we did not miss anything. 
after we did deep study about it and translated about it, the orders that are there are cross-checking if this is really close. After we finished, we took it to the studio, we edited. After we edited, we took it back to the king, that is the custodian of the language. Mm -hmm. And he will look at it, go through it, and he will stamp it. And if it's something to correct, he will correct it. And then he will say, yes, this is what we want. Uh -huh. And it's such a joy to see them enjoying their mother tongue orally with the Bible. They say, oh, wow, yes, I never heard that before. We never have this before. This is so powerful. And everybody is excited and getting wanting to get involved. Then we take it to the church leaders. We don't just go to one denomination because it can be biased. We take it to different church leaders to check it. And it's like Anglican, Catholic, Baptist, Assemblies of God, you name it. And they always cross-check it. And that know the language very well. Right. And they will say, oh, we love it. And then we take it to the market. That means the woman and the young people, if they can understand it, if it's not too difficult, the word they're coming with. And then they will also... After they listen it and they approve it, as you're going through the process, they are so excited. They say, oh, we want it. When are we going to have it? We want it. We want it. This is so wonderful to have the word of God in our mother tongue. They get excited about it. Even before you finish, they, they are rushing to have it. And this is community-based translation. Mm -hmm. And we are just serving them and make sure that they don't miss anything in the word of God. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Paul Dentumda. He is a leader in YWAM in Nigeria. So, Paul, how long, if you were starting with a new language tomorrow mm -hmm. and you had the three people from the village who spoke the language really well, mm -hmm. how long would it take you to translate the New Testament? For the book of Luke, I will say we take, it takes us the book of Luke that is 24 chapter. It took us one month. What a blessing this is to the people that you're serving because yes. they want to preserve their language. They yes. want to celebrate their language. Yes. And this is such a gift to them to yeah. say, we're honoring we're honoring you by exactly. giving you God's word in your own language. Yes. They're excited about it because they say this is our own. Mm -hmm. It's not somebody that came to do it for us. We did it ourselves. They own it. It was so powerful and so impactful. Yes. So once you get at an an end point, like the Gospel of Luke, it's been signed off on by the chief, it's been signed off on by the church leaders, mm. you've tested it out in the market, and, and people really understand it, they're getting it. Yeah. So you feel like you have a, a finished product. Yes, for the New Testament. Then how do you push that out to people? Uh, we will go back to the community and we will put it in SD card that they can put it in their phones mm -hmm. and they will be listening in the market. We right. provide something that they will be listening in, in the market or in, in the different places and the people really like it. They, oh, they yeah. enjoy it. And the nice thing about having it on a phone is they can instantly share it with their friends too. Yes. Oh, hey, let me give you this file. Let me. You should listen to this. Yes. So what a great way to spread the gospel Amen. and... You're doing this in Nigeria, mm -hmm. but YWAM is also pushing this in other nations as well to, oh, yes. to make this happen around uh, the world. It's already in Nepal. It's already in India. 
We push it in India and Nepal and it's just spreading wow. like wildfire. And we thank Jesus for for this great work revelation that God gave. And Papa Lauren, at the end of his life, that every mother tongue will receive the word of God. Amen. And this is amazing. What an amazing heritage Lauren Cunningham left. If you want to know more about the oral mother tongue translation process and project, their website is prayomt.org. Yes. Prayomt, oral mother tongue, prayomt.org. We'll give you a link also at vomradio.net. Paul, as we finish up, we always like to equip listeners to pray. As we are thinking about this translation process and the oral mother tongue process, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for your team? And for these more for more languages. Yeah. Pray for more languages to be translated, that we will always meet the right people and bring them on campus. We don't leave them in their place for translation. We bring them on campus and they are there twenty-four hours doing the translation. Then the second thing I want to encourage our listeners to pray for is the women of honor ministry. And yeah. and, and again, Susie talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How do we pray for those women? for the leaders of that ministry, for those children, some of whom have been traumatized in, in really horrible ways. Yeah. Help yeah. us to pray. Pray. Pray for them to come, many of them to come out of the trauma uh, because it's not an easy one. Like one woman was giving her testimony, they beheaded their husband and put the head in her laps oh my. from morning to evening. And the mother-in-law came to bury the, the, the son that was beheaded. And when she buried the son, normally they, you are not allowed to bury it. You have to leave it for the bird to eat because he's an infidel. And when he buried him, the Boko Haram heard about it. They came out and beheaded the woman. Oh. And uh, that woman has so much trauma. I just give an example for you how to pray that God will deliver them from all this trauma. And God is busy doing it, but they need your prayer. They need your prayer for it. And also the children that are traumatized. We provide a special school for them and campus. And the women of honor themselves are the teachers in wow. that school. And right now, the women of honor are the one leading the school. There's no other woman or no other girl. The, the, the discipleship training school for six months is being led by the women of honor themselves. They, they went through it like Miriam. She's from the city of Goza in the northern part of Nigeria. And her, um, her husband was beheaded. She's the leader of the school. And, uh, and with her friends, they're leading the school and uh, they're doing a great job. Wow. Because they went through it, right. they They've know how to, to help others. And this is why uh, they're crying before the Lord day and night. And they, they learn to bring the others to go to the cross and receive their healing and their deliverance. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you're listening right now, to pray, especially for God's work in Nigeria this week. Paul, it's such an honor to be partnered up with you and Amen. with all of the YWAM family around the world. Yes. Thank you for being our guest this week on thank Voice you. of the Martyrs Radio. And thank you for the wonderful work you are doing. 
it's such a privilege to be able to partner with you and the work you're doing around the world. And you know my heart is in what you're doing because I went through it and my mother went through Amen. it. It is, it is a part of your spiritual DNA. That, that's yes. such an amazing thing to to carry that forward. And now even today you're serving these women mm-hmm. who have it's, – it's a part of their life story as well. Right. So the, the story goes on. The persecution continues, but God's faithfulness continues Amen. as well. Even as, as these new stories are being written, mm-hmm. we're also seeing new stories of his faithfulness. And Hallelujah. so we pray for that this week in Nigeria. If you are just joining us, you can listen to this whole conversation at vomradio.net. We'll also give you a link to the Oral Mother Tongue website. Uh, You can actually pick a language there that you want to specifically pray for. Amen. Uh, You can pick a language you want to help financially with the translation process. Oh, we'll give you a link at vomradio.net. And I hope that you'll be back with us next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.